Welcome to The Big Q, the podcast where students get answers to ethical questions. Today, Michaela Apodaca talked with Shay Duncan-Smith, Santa Clara's new Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Hi, my name is Brittany Aguacerritos. I'm a third-year double major in public health and ethnic studies. And regarding to student services available at Santa Clara, although I do believe there is a substantial amount, I don't think it's enough, especially for our students of color or BIPOC students and those who are also first-gen. Um, just navigating college as a first-gen student, it is pretty hard to do that on your own. So having not only leave, but also having our school directly help us in navigating our college experience as well will be definitely beneficial to um, our college career. So can you just... Uh... Uh, talk about your role at Santa Clara, the Vice President of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, like a day in the life, what do you do, um, your responsibilities, all that. Perfect, yes. Um, so what do I do? Uh, it, it really depends on, on the day um, in my life, but I um, um, recently have been spending a lot of time, um, as you know, on December 4th, um, I created a new division of Inclusive Excellence. Um, so the Inclusive Excellence Division has come together with the Office of Accessible Education, the Office of Multicultural Learning, the LEAD Scholars Program, the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, the Title IX and Equal Opportunity Office, um, as well as um, the new Ombuds um, Office that's reporting to me as well, and um, an office around uh, the ca uh, campus climate and belonging will also be launched. So with all of those areas, I've been working on um, a justice, equity, diversity, inclusion strategic plan, um, and also working on how does the culture uh, of, of, of these offices, the interconnectedness, how do we actually um, work together collaboratively and how does it match our new configuration as a division? So how can we work uh, smarter and not harder, right? And in terms of how we um, deliver services and scale up to serve the entire institution. So some, some offices um, such as OAE and OML were just for students in the past. So how do we staff them and um, make sure that they have the resources to also serve faculty and staff in different ways? Um, since the institution's needs have changed, um, we have to change to make sure that we're rising to um, to, to serve in a different way um, in this particular area. So it's been a great, it's a, it's a great opportunity to be innovative. So that's the, that's the creative and innovative side of everything. Um, another priority that I've had this year is working on our strategic plan across the institution. So we have all of the um, vice president areas um, as well as the centers um, of distinction as, and also different schools and colleges have nominated inclusive excellence liaisons that are faculty and staff that have come together. And uh, we're all working on um, laying out the blueprint for us to build on our justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion initiatives uh, for, as an institution. Uh, it's so easy to talk about things to, that we need to do in a vacuum, but really laying it out and saying like, you know, these, this is what we need, need to do in terms of access. This is what we need to do in terms of recruitment. This is, um, what we need to do in terms of academic success. Um, um, inclusive excellence is defined as um, integrating your justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion goals into your educational quality goals and mission as an institution. So we have to really look at every um, area of the institution 
and think about how we're approaching justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion initiatives, systems, structures, um, in all these different ways. And so that has taken up a great majority of the work. Um, so I also, in addition to these faculty and staff that are in inclusive um, excellence advisors, I also have ISAC, which is um, the Inclusive Excellence Student Advisory Council, which has been predominantly um, undergraduate students. And I've been working with them closely on initiatives such as the Diversity Forum, um, looking at uh, you know, CSS, uh, the CSS audit, uh, and, and making sure that we are really thinking intentionally about um, reimagining CSS along with um, student life where it's housed now. I have um, been working um, with other student groups. I spend a lot of time working closely with student groups. Um, another office um, or another area that I work with closely is the MCC. Um, as you know, when the Office of Multicultural Learning came over to me, so did the MCC, we restructured it so that it would be underneath my division as well. So I spent a lot of time with the co-chairs, with Josh and Evelyn, really um, talking about how we can make sure that they have the resources they need to be able to serve all of the student organizations that they serve in excellence as well. And thinking about different ways in which we can collaborate and build our relationship moving forward. So I meet with them every other week and you know, um, in different settings, I, um, Josh is also an ISAC, uh, you know, um, is a member of ISAC. So that's another way to interface with him in a different setting as well as the, uh, the MCC. Um, what else, what I'll say to you? I mean, some of, some of the things that I'm addressing on a day-to-day -day basis might be around like student emergencies or campus um, climate and belonging uh initiatives uh working closely with my colleagues and collaborating across um you know different departments to make sure that they have what they need in terms of justice equity diversity inclusion i mean i could go all day but i'll just leave it at that <laughs> yeah 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 i actually i'm the student uh the neighborhood relations share that abby emailed so i'm yeah day to day everything changes all the time um <laughs> But yeah, cool. Uh, that's really interesting. Do you know, I'm just curious, this isn't in my question, but um, do you know how long the diversity like in equity and inclusion has been like a sector of Santa Clara? Like your position um, has been there, I guess. Oh, I'm the inaugural. Uh, I'm the first. That's um, what I thought. Okay. Yeah. So. That's crazy. Congratulations. And, oh, thank you. Thank you. And this division is the first, first iteration of its kind. So um you know, that's, this actually was recommended and came out of like many reports. Um, Blue Ribbon Commission, Unity 4 talked about some elements of what we're doing. So we're drawn from all of these um, reports that have been written um, recently in recent history to be able to um, actually realize the vision that everybody came together in a grassroots effort they worked on. Um, we're working to build those structures and address those issues. And so it's really um, wonderful for both Allison, who's the vice president of mission and ministry and I, to be able to be in positions that really came out of um, the Santa Clara family and then you know, faculty, staff and students sitting down saying, this is what we need and this is how we can make a difference and this is how we can respond to our ever-changing uh, world um, and really address real world issues that, that we're impacted by every day. And this is how we can make our, um, we can live fully into um, 
our mission and our values as institutions. So it's it's a I think it's a it's a great honor to be the first and to be leading um, in this role because it came from it came from the community. Yeah, it's really exciting. Like it's it's almost like I I found myself um, applying for internships uh, like for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and I've like interviewed for a couple and every one of them is always like, oh yeah, we just got started like a couple years ago. And I don't know why, but in my mind, I was like, oh, these have probably always been around. And so it's it's not, it's kind of sad in a way that it didn't exist, but it's also very exciting that it's like this blank slate that, you know, people like you can build upon. So it's really cool. Um, also be clear to, I don't know if you know this history, but there was in the provost office, there was an associate provost um, of a diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it started off with um, Aldo Billingsley. And then the next person that was in the role who did like the campus climate report was Brett Solomon. I don't know if you know Brett Solomon. And the person after that most recently was Margaret Russell. So I get to build off, and, and ODI has been here for a while where Ray Plaza works. I get to build off a lot of those efforts, but in the past, because it was housed in the provost office, many folk might've thought, hey, okay, they're focusing on faculty development or the faculty side of things. And this makes it clear that this, this particular um, division in this area serves the entire institution. Um, that's alumni, the board, everything we're here for to serve, to serve every aspect of the institution and also to work on community relations as well. Yeah, that's exciting. And it's like cool that you have this position where it's like you can take an initiative without having to like go through probably like issues that the provost might have with like what's going on like you have the ability to obviously there's probably many logistical things that you have to work through but um, <laughs> it's a bit more of an open avenue um yeah, you yeah. have the agency right you, yeah you, you can have all the resources everything in the world but if you don't have the agency to do your work then you're never going to get anything done I agree yeah <laughs> um so yeah you answered my first and my second question was um how have you seen well, I guess, how have you seen things change since you came into the role? But you pretty much answered that because your role's brand new, which I wasn't aware of. So that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, so for my third question, uh, can you talk about some resources for first-generation college students? Um, I'm a lead student, so it's I, I think Santa Clara does a really good job uh, with it, um, but just for the podcast. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, one thing that folks sort of confuse first-generation college, there's first-generation college students and then there's like, um, so there's a lot of programs across the country that that um, group in first-generation students and low-income students. Um, and so like there's a lot, they call them fly programs across the world, like across the country. And um, you have to be really careful um, doing that because there's different needs, there's different identities, different populations. For instance, um, because Bill Gates didn't finish college, his children, like, you know, if, if, if him and Melinda didn't finish college, their kids could still be considered first generation, yeah, right? They're probably um, in a different sector. <laughs> different, right? It's a different experience. So you have to be careful, like, because um, one of the things that's part of being a first generation student is, is teaching folk how to college, right? Like, how to manage the different, um, uh, I hate to say bureaucracy, but just all of the different um, offices and really, um, you know, leverage all the resources that are available to you. So most of our first generation resources are housed within LEAD, right? It LEAD is like a place, if you're a LEAD scholar, you are gonna have everything from coming in early through orientation to get sort of this 
um, um, experience a transition into the institution. So you're meeting with all of the, uh, the heads of different offices and learning out about all these different resources and how to maneuver everything from financial aid to picking out your courses to like what happens when you um, sort of hit a, a snag and you, you know, um, are trying to get over the hump in this course. Um, I'm hoping these are all the things that they offer because this is what we say we offer, right? To, they do. <laughs> and then you have these wonderful seminars where you get to connect with faculty members that other folk might not ever even be able to, to experience in their career and, and, and whatever it is that they're lifting up in the seminar. So it's just all these amazing things. I'm, I'm actually leading a book club pretty soon um, uh, for LEAD um, um, where we're reading Emergent Strategy by... Um, uh, Adrian Marie Brown, and so just looking at um, strategy through, um, you know, um, a black femme uh, lens, and so it's just like you know, these are some amazing, um, amazing things that um, you know that that lead offers that people wouldn't have access to on a day to day. Uh, Basis. They also do a lot of things about making a home away from home. So like everything from, from welcome breakfast to uh, affinity uh, group meetings, like um, different picnics based upon um, or different um, barbecues or different things based upon um, like different identities to bring, um, you know, Latinx faculty, staff and students together. Like there's just all these, all these wonderful um opportunities and there's opportunities for for us to explore our intersections of identity and our intersectionality um, through lead um, and these are all of the things that I think as a first generation student who may have grown up in different environments or in different communities where you didn't have access to this wide range of diversity to this cultural capital to this ability to network to get to know folk that are very different from you in terms of their backgrounds. Um, that's another, you know, way in which, you know, I could go on and on about lead. One of the things that we're trying to do though, is not everybody can dedicate the time um, to be a lead scholar. So we're trying to actually um, expand first generation services, like the services that you offer and we call it like sort of parachute when you can parachute in and get what you need and then like, you know, go on to what you, you might not be a part of the program per se, but you can affiliate with the program to be able to get, you know, a specific needs or come to different workshops to learn about. Um, and the best way to describe it is how to college and how to, um, how to maneuver this um, uh, higher education system and to learn about like, you know, how to get an internship and how to get, you know, uh, things around uh, career life after SCU. So there's all these things that we're going to build on for our lead scholars, but also expand because there's a lot of first generation students who might not be in lead. And we want to make sure that they understand that this is for them um, as well. So a part of restructuring the division was not only elevating lead and continuing to build on the amazing services and outcomes that they have, but open up the doors for more folk who might not know about these resources and so that they can, um, we can contribute to their success and thriving at Santa Clara. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's pretty in, uh, like the foundational work that they've laid out, like is like already just amazing to me. Like I didn't even know coming in, I only signed up for Lee because it was early move-in. So I was like, okay. <laughs> and then suddenly I like had so many resources and I was just like, oh wow. And I met all my friends through Lead. Um, 
so yeah it's definitely super awesome and that sounds like a really good idea because I do know um some people who didn't end up signing for lead just because they were just like oh another thing I have to sign up for more college stuff to do um and they do regret it so I think the parachute program is really a really great idea yeah I don't know that we would call it that but I just want to give you I like it I like it <laughs> I want to give you a visual it sounds really good honestly like the parachute in parachute out um but yeah so for my last question um just it's about the Chappelle lounge issue um I'm sure you know about it how mm-hmm. the MCC has just wanted a larger space um dedicated to the multicultural clubs and students on of color on campus so what are what's like your advice um because the so like I don't know if you know but these podcasts were inspired by um like student interviews that we gave so I interviewed my roommate and she's the chair of Hermanas Unidas and um she just talks they a lot of actually every, my other roommate is the chair of TLC and then my other roommate is the chair <laughs> of Igwe so everybody's like I always hear about um how everybody kind of wants a bigger space so just some advice that I can give back to them on how to work with you and just the school in general on getting a larger space on campus yeah so um so <laughs> we actually had like a small town hall yesterday. I don't know if you know about that, but because it's week nine, it was sort of just me and a couple other people. Yeah. So I got it. I think the Igwe formal was yesterday. So probably not oh. too many people showed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was? Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was really fun. Was it was wonderful. Like cool. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That would have been cool. beautiful. But anyway, so I, um, I, so because of, you know, we'll, we'll continue to have town halls and stuff. And, and I had one last term too, that was, um, uh, sponsored by ISEC, but um, in terms of the MCC space, right now um, our campus is in a, a, a remapping process, and like part of that remapping, we're going to have to look and 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 do a proposal <clears throat> for the MCC too around their space. And I know um, Josh and Evelyn have been working with some of the campus planners on really trying to work within the space. And so, I mean, and let's just be clear. I mean, you have so many student groups, and what you have is one big room. Um, and then you have the office space in the back um, center offices and you don't have running water. You don't have a restroom. Um, so that's creating some accessibility issues. Um, and so um, it's not the ideal space. And we, you know, in this, during this remapping process, we, we, sh- we need to lift it up, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that we'll be able to get the space, but part of uh, what I need to do is work with um, with OML, who um, the advisor is Joanna Thompson, and work with um, the MCC to try to lift up their needs in this remapping process to see if we can get some of the space that is available now and maybe move the space. The issue is, is that that where, where, the, <laughs> where the MCC is right now is prime real estate. It's like the perfect spot. Um, That's really nice in the center yeah, campus, really nice. I will say. But we need to like do some type of space utilization like plan. Like would it make sense to maybe switch where the bookstore is um, over to that space and see if, I don't know if there's a bathroom over there or there's more than one floor and running water, but you need multiple floors, right? Um, I started off my career uh, as an undergrad in um, just like what Josh and Evelyn are doing. I ran the multicultural center at the University of Michigan and we had several floors and several rooms and we were able to like 
You could have like capoeira in the basement and the gospel corral on the second floor. And the top floor was all like a bunch of different rooms and um, student meetings. So it was just all these different um, areas where people could meet and you could have maybe 10 groups in the building at once. And oh um, that's awesome. <laughs> I know, I know. And so like, you know, really thinking about how, um, and the, the, it not only was it awesome, just the vibrancy, just how, um, felt safe, like a really fun place to be safe. And just like, everybody was connecting. So it was like, you know, you could be in a capoeira club, which was a lot of folk, a lot of our Brazilian, um, um, students and, and more. Um, but you could also like, you would see you, your time slot was around the same top time that the gospel corral was getting there so you got to interact with black students you know what I mean? it was just really nice because it was a community like a, a true mm-hmm. a true family where people could interact across groups just in the coming and going right sometimes people will be sitting there you know vibing out with the gospel corral or trying to figure out how they could join capoeira or and so i'm giving you these a couple examples but sometimes you know you would have the um they had the native american student associate nasa that was that was that spent a lot of time there. So there's all these different, um, you know, uh, opportunities for us to be able to connect across the uh, across the board in that particular center. And I think that that's something that we should be able to do here. You have so many groups that the MCC serves. Um, you have that one space, that one room. We probably should look in terms of space utilization um, at how some of these other spaces are being used, and maybe we would find that that um, that there's a place that has a multiple use, um, like a building or something that has multiple use ability that would be more fitting for the MCC and maybe the people in that space actually, you know, it might be better to just have like, a, you know, a big room, I don't know. <laughs> but I think that we need to be creative, right? Um, and, you know, I, my my goal or my hope is one day that somebody would give money to be able to build a space, right? To be able to um, to uh, lift up, celebrate, um, you know, the, the different cultures, different groups. Um, you know, I know we do a lot of things around some of the heritage months, but I feel like it should be all year <laughs> at all. Yeah. At all year. <laughs> like we should be educating and be aware of different cultures all all year round I think we should be doing more intercultural work and cross-cultural work um but that's a whole nother uh podcast yeah yeah. (laughs) Um, but create that space means everything the space is what facilitates those interactions and those connections and we could be doing so much better with that so based on those comments I'm sure you understand that this is something that I'm really very committed to doing and we just have to sit down as an institution and figure out how we can make that happen. And at the same time, it has to be honoring the students' wishes and kind of figuring out what it is that you all need. Because long gone are the days of, if you, there's a movie like Call Filled of Dreams and it was like, if you build it, they will come. And it's like, no, they have to build it with you and they have to talk to you about what, what they want and what they envision and what could be if they actually had the resources to be able to, um, to have the idea space. Yeah. 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 Like everything you said, it's like very true. Like the, even like when we had like a potluck for all the MCC clubs, it's like little stands and like everybody's eating in the room standing and we're just like, it's so fun. It's like a community, but it's very rare that we get to like have those moments and like I, it, like when you said the bookstore, I was like, that blew my mind. That, that already sounds awesome. Um, 
but like mm. I know it's like not who knows what's going to happen in the future but I never thought like even you you talking about um when you were an undergraduate like that's really cool like I never pictured that because I always find myself like after I go to TLC um I always like have like I'm like okay let me get out of here really fast so like Igwe can get started or like I try to like not sit around but a place where I would feel comfortable being like okay let me sit here do my homework and wait for my roommate like mm -hmm. while in the multicultural center yeah that'd be really really cool so hopefully that's really cool yeah I know Evelyn too and she's been talking about how there's a possible remapping so that's very really exciting and thank you for your work on that it's really really appreciated by all the students yeah yeah we just have to like I think every opportunity or every um entryway to like sort of lift this up and like put it on the table for consideration we need to be there with our plan mm -hmm. ready to go um and you know i threw that out you know because i know the bookstore is right across and i think it has more than one floor but i don't yeah, know it does. I, I, just I feel got like here. it would be perfect yeah i just got here i'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not well -versed. it could not have no. a bathroom they might not have a no. break room i don't know whatever it is no, but it's like a really nice actually like i think yeah. the use bookstore like the whole bottom floor is gigantic like really okay yeah it's huge all I know is, is that when I was sitting in, um, when I had the town hall yesterday, I was looking around and looking at the lighting and everything. And I was like, so I used to sell, I used to do, you know, I was, I worked in retail for forever. And I was like, oh my gosh, these tea stands and different racks and everything will look wonderful in here with this lighting. <laughs> Honestly, like. <laughs> yeah, but who knows, that might not be enough space. We got to get everybody in the room to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, that would be, uh, I mean, it feels like a lot of space compared to what we have. But mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. Dream, we got to dream big if we're going yeah. to dream anyways. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for your time. I know we went five minutes over. Sorry. But uh, thank you. I really appreciate this. Um, no, thank you. I, I've run into you several times. So it's so good to um, talk to you personally. Yeah, it's nice to like finally like make right introductions. I will probably see you again someday. But um, Thank you for your time and yeah, have a good day or have a good night. Take care. Take care. Bye.